This is HPR episode 2411 entitled, Information Underground, Co-op Paradise. It is hosted by Lost and Bronx, and is about 45 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Deep Peak, Klaatu, and Lost and Bronx discuss their long-running server cooperative. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Okay, welcome to Hacker Public Radio and Information Underground on Hacker Public Radio. This is Deep Geek, and I have with me Lost in Bronx. Hey, everybody. And I have with me Klaatu. Hello, everyone. And what some people who know the old Information Underground episodes that we had independently might know, and what many modern HPRs might not know is... Uh, we started a long and fruitful relationship over having a co-op for web hosting. And I want to, I thought it'd be nice to talk about that just in case any Hacker Public Radio people are considering doing something along similar lines and perhaps they can avoid some pitfalls and save some grief. I think that would be a nice thing. So we got interested. I did. I did a retro computing episode on the Gopher Protocol, and we all got very enthusiastic. The three of us, and no one was offering Gopher hosting anymore. So we had to get out there and get a VPS slice and do it ourselves. And we also decided to. Uh, I as as Klaatu once said, and in, in, uh, what was the show you used to do, Klaatu? Bad apples was it? No, no, not on his own, but the one he did with with, with the three other guys. Oh, geez, Linux Cranks? Yeah, I think it was Linux Cranks where you, where you said <laughs> where you said Deep Geek's taste of software run through the simple and easily managed. You know, <laughs> as, <laughs> and I, I, I want to have a, a, a just a very old school classic web server, not Apache. I want to do THTTPD, which is a single binary that does slash tilde hosting and multiple domains and stuff. But it is just a very, very small, basic, minimalist thing, which we all thought was well suited to transferring audio files around. Just we all we all had podcasts going on, and I also want to do secure email because I don't trust anybody else with my email anymore and all that stuff that came out about the nsa afterwards anyway proved me right so we got together and oh and and i think klaatu had an application where he really needed port forwarding right klaatu yeah yeah because i was yeah i was in cafes a lot at the time and needed needed some secure connections yeah all right so we needed we needed ssh HTTP and Gopher, and so we we got a slice, and every month we would set up the bill and split three ways, and we tried to run it under the idea of technical democracy. Do you guys remember the emails going back and forth about how we should do things? I still have them. I still have all those. (laughs) I'd have to search, but I I didn't delete any of that stuff. To my memory, to be fair, it basically all boiled down to, no, Deep Geek, you're making it too complicated. Just do something and and leave us alone. (laughs) And every now and then, Deep Geek, it was working. Why do you want to change it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was like that, um, and 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 yet I always wanted to, to to push an envelope a little bit further and to offer another service. Um, so 
you know, I want to say technical democracy doesn't work. I mean, it's 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 like trying to tell your dog that there's a dog on the TV set, but the dog doesn't want to look at the TV. You know, it's it's best to have people be in charge of some aspect of it and let yeah. them them do it and make that to be a very limited aspect of it. You know. Also, when you do these things, you don't have a support staff to call in times of trouble. This is true. How much of a burden was that for you? Let me put because you were ultimately our our admin on these things by and large. What kind of a burden was that for you? And what kind of a learning curve was it for you specifically about this part of it? It was it was a burden because I would I would sometimes have to go home instead of go to my in-laws to fix a problem, but not very often. And since we were such a tight-knit partnership, since we all became very close, but not physically close, but very close over the over the network friends, um, you guys were always very understanding about the turnaround time being so long. Well, so it helped that, that no one had mission-critical stuff going through there, yeah. too, you know. I was just going to say, I don't remember it taking long. I, I, was, I always honestly felt that you were more responsive on this co-op than, for instance, what I had an alternative to use, which was SDF, which nothing against SDF, but they just sometimes they went down for periods of time and just could not, I, you know, and I was just out of luck, whereas your, your stuff just always seemed to be available. Yeah, that, that, that might be more of a tribute to the software selection than anything else. Because well, you were very just... careful. Yeah, I must. I must. To anybody thinking in these terms, it's important that can't be underestimated. Yeah, the fact that you made choices based on robustness, and and that was primary. You didn't want stuff that was finicky, or and you weren't constantly upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. So that's made a you know big difference over. Well, it's been how many years now we've been doing this? Well, Clatu left the co-op. And you and I have stuck with it. And then the Freemasons, one, one Freemasonic group, came in because they wanted an email server. They wanted a list server. So it's been going on for probably 10 years, I think. What kind of feedback have you gotten from this Freemason group about their email server? Are they happy with that? I should I should have say I should should have said list server. They they, they needed a way to notify. They're up to 50 members or so. And so, yeah, they are happy with it. They, they, they kind of the rank and file kind of went in kicking and screaming a little bit, but because they, but everyone had their own list, their own membership list that were they were constantly doing a thing where you swap membership lists back and forth and try to merge them. You can imagine, wow. right? Yeah, yeah and, wow. And when wow. I got up to fifty, <laughs> the the grand poober and I sat down and said, um, "There has to be a better way." Is what happened, and it turns out that mailman was the better way. By then, and in in the wake of Klaatu leaving, uh, you and I made a very telling and distinctive choice where we actually chose to have two servers. We chose to have a unlimited professional web host outfit that gave you the right to have, you know, act as a provider yourself so we can give each other control panels. And so we have 24-7 support for mission-critical stuff, as you say, as well as keeping a more experimental server offshore that I administer and does useful things like email and the services that we can't get elsewhere like Gopher and Shell Service. And Shell Service is gone, I think. Yeah, and that's too bad because there are so many wonderful things that can be done with it. You know, if I wanted to, and there have been times when I have, 
I've been able to SSH in to our server, our, our little, you know, shell service, if you want to put it that way. And then from there, I've been FTPing things elsewhere because for whatever reason, I needed that capability at that time. I mean, that can't be replaced. You, there's, there's no way I could have done what I wanted to do simply from my own home. And I think it's a sad statement that things like SDF is it almost seems like an anachronism, doesn't it? I mean, so many people talk about it in the past tense. And that's a that's a sad thing. You know, that's a sad thing. There, SDF is is almost a legacy service when there was a time when they were everywhere. They were all over the place. Yeah, but I mean, I I remember holding on to them for email for the longest time until I found they were using, they weren't using encrypted email, and then the NSA thing blew up, and that was that. But you you actually witnessed a, a long term outage, and you actually witnessed, didn't you, uh, Lost in Bronx? Them saying, "When is my hosting going to be up?" And the guy saying, "As soon as I can." Didn't you have an yeah, NSA that- like that? Yeah, that was a long time ago, and I understand that that was not the first time it had happened, and it wasn't the last time it happened. Yeah, Again, well, I'm still I'm still on SDF, and and yeah, I wouldn't. It's just not it, not mission critical. You just cannot treat it that way. It it is a luxury, and if it's there, you're it's a good day. And if it if if it's not, then that's just that's that day. Then I was on SDF myself for a while, and. That was my impression as well at that time. And it was one, honestly, it was one of the motivating factors for my wanting to participate in our little co-op. I was very interested in Gopher and SDF offers Gopher. Even to this day, they offer Gopher and they have a, they are the single biggest Gopher presence in the entire Gopher sphere, if you want to put it that way. There are more Gopher pages originating out of SDF than probably anywhere else is what I really mean. And yet it didn't feel like it was adequate to me. Now, Gopher was my only internet presence at all for a a period of years. All of my content that I put together all went out through my Gopher page. Eventually, I wanted something better, you know, more, I guess, more popular, you know, more people able to see it. But, you know, who was it? It was Klaatu and I actually approached Deep Geek. If we're talking about the history of this thing, Klaatu and I actually did, talked to each other and said, boy, wouldn't it be great if we had something ourselves? And we said, who do we think would be good and would know about this stuff and that we would really trust? And the first and only name that came to mind was Deep Geek. Really? That's a fact. You didn't know that. But no, I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm flattered. I'm very flattered. So where do I want to go with this? We the, the 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 pitfalls we ran into besides the issues of technical democracy also revolved around web hosting choices because whereas I chose this very simple web hosting thing, wasn't there a mime issue that kind of blew up in your face, Klaatu? That sounds vaguely familiar, yes. Um I don't remember the details about it. But I, we didn't switch, or did we switch to Hiawatha for that purpose? Was that why we switched to Hiawatha? I think it was that, yeah. You were there for the switch, and we switched to Hiawatha for being able to update MIME types as opposed to having them hard-coded. That's as, right, yeah. As well as built-in anti-hammering protection, and that's why we switched to Hiawatha. What did we have before that? We had THTTPD. 
And I remember uh, that that program used to be the backbone or the the the, the most popular server back in the dial-up days, actually, where each dial-up provider was also a was also providing home pages. Remember home pages? Oh yeah. Well, I actually still technically have one with my host right now. If I want to, you know, I even have a uh, an email address I have never once logged into with my host. You know, and they probably sent me all sorts of notices through there that I've never seen. But yeah, <laughs> it still exists. People still get them. Yeah, I mean, most people. I, I listen to a show from from Radio National Australia called "Download This Show," all about internet and media. And they said the other day, they said. Uh, yeah, the day of driving people back to your own website is over. You got to stay on Facebook or Twitter. And I was just saddened by that statement. I was like, I remember home pages, and you know, the guy in the street doesn't have a home page anymore. No, the average person doesn't. A home page. Well, heck, serves... I mean, some businesses don't. Some businesses don't now. I mean, you know, like local, a couple of local businesses that I know, like if I ever ask them where to find them online, they refer to me to a Facebook page. That is very, very common now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. I mean, it it makes me feel like a real walking anachronism. It really does. But it isn't just about the web page. All right. In that circumstances, it's not just that. It's a community they're hoping to build around whatever service or product that they're offering. And that's a built-in functionality of something like Facebook. The fact that if I have my thing, if people follow me, I instantly have a community that I can reach out to. Yeah. Facebook is very good. Now, I I am on Facebook these days. What about you two? Never. no, No, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. So yeah, it, the the interface is really good. I, I really I really like what the company built as far as the user experience is, and that the fact that you have a following, you have you you post something and and your following sees it, it's really good. But the things that the, the their their business model, how they make the money to support themselves, I really disagree with. But I'm suffering from a bit of a network effect because everyone I know is on Facebook, and that's See- why I won't get involved. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I don't need more ghosts from the past. Thank you. But I have to say, bringing it back to our co-op, one of the advantages of that is that I have been able to create my own platform. Now, I don't have an awful lot of play, if you want to put it that way. I don't have an awful lot of mind share regarding my own stuff, but I do have my own sites that I have, you know, I, I'm a writer and I'm an audio book guy and I've created sites specifically for my audio books. And it is this platform, this co-op that we have done together that has allowed me to do that. Right. Well, and your, I don't, your newsletter helps a lot last in Bronx. I mean like that to me, your stupid little email newsletter that you send out, not stupid, but I mean that it's so lame that that's what it is. And every time I get it in my email inbox, I feel like like we, we just had a coffee together. You know, It like brings yeah. me so close to you because it's like a newsletter, and I know it's going out to 30 other people, but it feels like you emailed me personally to, to give me an update on your life. Well, part of that, A, part of that is calculated, as you understand. I'm writing it specifically in order to be engaging. You know, obviously, you must understand that. Yeah. But also, first off, that's not coming out of our co-op too i must make that point that's that's uh mailchimp that i'm using which yeah. is a proprietary service 
Okay, we're, but, we're, but also you know. does, does 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 don't you use like a a, a service for the web page hosting, and then drive them back to the download service in the co-op. The web page, the the web page is done through was created specifically for the first off my audio diaries. Right, I have, I, I do a pod, a regular podcast called LNB's Audio Diary. I I also have a website devoted to my first book, my second book, and my third book in my Star Drifter series, Cha-Ching, Cha-Ching. Which are all fantastic all, science all, all, fiction. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. But all of that stuff, including the, the audio diary, all of that stuff is created through a free open-source software application called Podcast Generator. And this is hosted on the server, on our, our I should say, in our, in our co-op, okay? Yeah. It is through this co-op that I have this web presence. You know, I also have a page that's hosted separately and I have, you know, I have content spread all over the place like most of us do. But the fact is the core, like if you want my content, if you want my content for free, the probably the easiest place to get it is through this co-op, through this thing that we constructed ourselves. I think that's important because it gives me control over what I've got because I'm frank, I could tell you stories, but I have put my stuff up through other platforms that have then turned around and not been what I thought they were. You know, time changes, their needs change, but they didn't change in a direction that worked for me. This is something I control. You know, there's, there is no other way to have the final say in what it is you want to do on the internet, unless you really have hands on to some degree. You know, again, if something goes wrong, I'm always on the phone to Deep Geek and saying, eh, help me, help me, because I'm ignorant. That's not my strength. But the fact is, I trust this guy, you know, yeah. and if there's a problem, ultimately, that's the guy I can turn to. Yeah, and I got to say, the control factor is very important, because when I was doing the newscast, I was very afraid of, of getting, like, a, a libel suit or a slander suit or something, because I was pretty outspoken and when i I interviewed people sometimes they would say literally in the interview they would say well i remember one guy said outright city councilwoman so-and-so is the most corrupt person i've ever encountered in my life i (laughs) I would just be like literally proofing it i was listening to the headphones jogging i literally tripped over my own feet and skinned my leg (laughs) <laughs> I was so shocked, you know. And I was like, "I gotta publish this through another country." I just <laughs> sue me over there, something like that. Um, but yeah, as far as the ultimate say is concerned, this is this is if you want to have that ironclad control, this is it. And can I say, I just want to inject this, that you know we've we have touched on the challenges you've had. But I would like you to at least expound a little bit on the convenience of this. I mean, as you said in an email to me once about the Gopher server, that it has, quote, minimal maintenance. And in the parentheses, you wrote, as in none. Yeah, Gopher is, is, oh, man, it is just totally obsolete. I mean, you don't. It's it's not the it's not the primo tool for transferring large files, you know. It'll do it, but it's not the primo tool for it. But, I don't think it's the primo tool for writing markup either, or or uh, what is it? hyper hypertext? You know, it's just it's yeah, it's just so quirky. You know, it we, is bizarre, and hypertext is bad, obviously. But if you stick with the Gopher Map concept, not every Gopher server supports a Gopher Map. But if you can stick with the Gopher Map, 
honest to God, this thing is flawless. It really does work very, very well. It is. It is just so dead simple. You you just install. I just install it when I. We've gone through three iterations of the part we run ourselves now, right? Yeah, at least yeah. I think it was three. It was yeah, originally... we're at number three, and we're looking at number four. Yes, yes. Yeah, and um, and and it's literally the second thing installed after Secure Shell Server, and it's initiated and left alone. It's initiated. You put the files in the directory, and it works. And this the PyGoFoD is one of the two. The other one's written in Perl, but the Python Gopher server also has a web interface, so it automatically detects if a web browser is accessing it and gives it an HTML interface if that's what the user wants. Or, or you can hit it with the Gopher browser itself. But the Gopher browser these days is now an extension in Firefox, I believe, and I haven't used it in a long, long time. Yeah, it, there's a an update called Bucktooth for Firefox. It's also they have one for uh, Firefox, Android, and this other stuff. But it's they have not been updated for a long time either. It works flawlessly. It works really well, and it interpolates yeah. the Gopher protocol beautifully. It's flawless. You don't even notice. You you wouldn't know you were on a Gopher page unless you looked at the address. Yeah. But if I can just very briefly, I've I've been Gopher's cheerleader from the very start. I think the Gopher protocol is beautiful. I love it. Love it. I've never had a problem accessing it. If I'm on something that can access Gopher, it just works beautifully. I don't have to wait. It pops up immediately. I get the content, not the appearance, you know. So that's my one thing. I I believe I still be, as I've said to people, Gopher isn't dead. It's only dreaming. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Apache has has a has a offers a little competition to Gopher because you can set up a download directory, as you all both know, in, in, in Apache. But there's actually some weird theming option. I actually used it a few times where you get to the point where you can drop it in and it'll actually put the right icons for the right the MP3 icon for MP3 files and do kind of Gopher pagey things within a download directory. I don't know. I might I might have to actually run Apache, though, for the next server because... Is that a, lot... a thing you actually want to do? No, it isn't. It absolutely isn't. But 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 let's talk about email, and and you'll see see why this is is this being considered for for version four is because I want private email. I think I'm the only guy who ever used the co-op as his primary email service. I think so. I only use it to talk to you. Essentially, you and Clet too are the only people I ever talk to on this email service. But I do check it every single day. And yeah. it's absolutely reliable. Every single time I go there, it's there. I did want to ask you something. Can I ask you about email, this one thing? Sure. A long time ago on Chet Griffin's show, he was talking about what a pain it was to set up and maintain, especially maintain an email server. And one of the things he talked about was a problem was spam, right? And mm. trying to find a good spam some service to block spam and all this other stuff. In all this time that we have had this email thing, I have never once seen a piece of spam come through. Have you had a problem with that at all, or is that something that's just either not an issue or it's gone away as a problem? I, I do get spam. We, we run Spam Assassin. My wife and I train it, and it does the job. I got to say, I run I run an email server of my own now. and Yeah? Um, 
Yeah, and it's I, I use Postfix. Um, Postfix is the bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the only one I had any experience with, so it's what I went with. But the uh, the spam issue has not really been a problem for me either. So I don't. Know, I felt like after I got over the initial hump of like, how do I set up this thing? I felt like, in retrospect, I really felt like people kind of oversold how quote unquote difficult it was to run your own email server and. Now, maybe they meant for other people, like if you're running it for all your family and your friends or something. But as my, as my exclusive user of my email server, I'm I was a little bit surprised at how well it was actually going. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm sorry. I'm actually a little bit surprised to hear you say that, Klaatu, because you did. I think it was a series, two or three episodes on your show about how a on the one hand, how simple email ought to be and how on the other hand how complicated it really is in reality do you think it's time to revisit the idea of email as as a service that you could run yourself on your show yeah no i mean i remember the conversation that you are you are referencing and i think i was no i think i'm still i still feel that way i still feel like email is inherently a very complex process because you do have all these you can have an email server, and then you can have a separate SMTP, not uh, yeah, SMTP server, and then you can have a, you know, you can just have, and then you can do aliasing, and then you can accept emails from certain places or none, and it, there are a lot of options, and I don't feel like there's, there is still no um, let's encrypt kind of setup thing for email. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Before let's yeah. encrypt, no one knew how to set up SSL, even though honestly that wasn't actually that hard. Um, I, I've done that before. Can I say... Let's encrypt is so simple. Yeah, go ahead. It is not so simple. I have looked into it, and I still need to encrypt my own stuff. I still find it very challenging. I don't think oh, it's okay. where it needs to be just yet. Okay, yeah. interesting. I find it very, very simple, but as I've said, I have I, I have installed SSL prior to that at a job, so I was kind of used to the, the non-let's encrypt. So, But, I mean, even so, that's what I'm saying. There is no simple way to run a script and then suddenly end up with a email server or a uh, SSL thing, you know, whereas you have something like NextCloud, formerly OwnCloud. You can have your own file sharing server and your own little private everything in NextCloud, and it is super simple. You know, it really is very simple. It's like a WordPress install. If you can install WordPress, you can install NextCloud, and there's still nothing like that for email. Why do you think that is? Is it too complicated, or no one thinks that there's a one-stop solution that's going to service a large portion of the audience? Yeah, I think the idea of peer-to-peer -peer and federated services and stuff just – it hasn't taken hold yet, and I feel like everyone's just like, why do that if I have Gmail? And you know, why have an own cloud if I can have a Facebook? You know, And it's just like everyone's just so brainwashed into thinking, well, there's, this, there's a one-stop shop for that, so let's all go to that shop, and who cares? That's that's what I think. Yeah, you have to have, have a bit of care. I mean, for me, it was for me, it was encryption, and I've kind of finally. I think I came to this conclusion earlier. If you ever did, Klaatu, that PGP just isn't going to be usable by normal people. You know, I realized this. It's just too hard for them to get, and I realized that the only thing you could do is have your own email server and then f tell your email server to put out and take in only an encrypted. And then 
if the people who are your friends who are on your server with you, you're you're secure, and with people who are off your server, you're as, as secure as you possibly can be with them. And I kind of accepted that. I mean, in a way, we're talking about an aspect of your life that's apart from the larger internet. That is to say, like, this server, although you've made the email your primary email, DeepGeek, this server is something that I feel like doesn't necessarily intersect with the rest of my life, except in those areas where I've made it primary. So in other words, in your situation with email, in my situation with those websites that I mentioned before, you have to have faith in them. You have to say, this is going to be me. This is my presence online. And I have faith in this. And you have to go forward with that. It can't just be, well, as Klaatu said, it can't be SDF where you just, you simply don't have faith in it. You love it, you like it, you have fun with it, but you simply can't put your faith in the thing. No, I mean, I, I, that, that, that's very important because essentially I don't have faith in, in Google. That's why I don't want to use the Gmail server. You know, same goes for Yahoo. You know, and, and Verizon, my, 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 my current ISP, because I have the fiber optic, they decide not to have the old ISP traditional triumvirate of uh, a web page host and, and a news host and a mail host. And when they finally closed their mail service, they offered us all free AOL accounts. It was the wow. Verizon. Yeah. You can, you can, you can, I'll, I'll let you have a guess as to my reaction, Lawson Bronx. <laughs> I'll let you guess. <laughs> so I have, I have a, a, a comment to Lawson Bronx and then a question to Deep Geek. So, um, Lost and Bronx, when you said you had to have faith in, in that platform, I actually misunderstood you, what you were saying, and I thought you were saying more of a, like a philosophical thing, like you have to have faith in your online presence being this sort of off-the-wall private server where you're going to build – where you're going to actually spend energy to say, yes, this is my home, darn it. I'm going to plant flowers out in the front, and I'm going to direct people to it and have company over, and this is my home, and I'm going to be proud of it, whereas everyone else on the block is saying, hey, we live over at Facebook. And I and I actually really like that, and I think it's a valid point. I think that if you choose to make a co-op or, or you know to run your own service or whatever – I do think you have to take ownership of it a little bit and say, you know what? I don't need that other thing because this is where I live. This is where all my comfy stuff is. This is where all my toys are. And it's almost like you're investing in that server that you are running rather than sort of diversifying a whole bunch and going out and getting all those social social media accounts and stuff. I don't know if that's nonsense or not, but I I, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain amount of pride that you have to do to take ownership of that. This is actually that exact point where your your principles and your philosophy crosses over into practicality in the real world. You know, this is that spot. If you're going to make a statement like that, if you're going to look at something like Facebook or Google or whatever you might have a problem with online, because I still use my Gmail account. I still have Gmail, but DeepGeek doesn't because he has a problem with that. And I don't have a you know, a Facebook page because I have a problem with Facebook. Okay. This is that spot though, where you have to be able to not only have faith in yourself, you have to have faith in your bedrock. You have to have faith in, in this case, this co-op, this situation that we have constructed. I have to be able, and ultimately I have to say, ultimately I have to have faith in deep geek. You know, that was, that was day one. If I, if I, if he, you know, if 
Deep Geek was one of these guys that I didn't trust, it never would have happened to begin with, you know? Yeah. It never, ever would have come about from the very start. You have to have faith. If you're going to do a co-op, if you're going to do it with other people, you have to trust those people. You know, I don't have to trust Deep Geek with my life, although I would, but I don't have to. I just have to trust him with my online presence. Well, yeah, we used to call each other roommates a lot. Like, I remember that. We would always refer to each other as a roommate, essentially, because that's what it was. I still have the artwork of our little home on the internet that a a lady friend of yours did once and sent to us. She drew a pen and pencil etching of a little house on the internet prairie. I still have that. Oh, that's funny. I don't remember that, but cool. (laughs) Did I ever see that? I don't remember it either. I had my wife scan. I know I sent it to both of you. Uh, it's in my record somewhere. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. The fact that I can trust him means I can trust what he's done. And since I can trust what he's done, I can trust myself through that platform. When you get to that stage, then you can put your shingle out. You can say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And I'm doing it through my own little instance, my own little place on the Internet. You know, again... It's almost nothing. There's almost nobody who's ever going to go to my stuff and see what I do. But the people that go, I have control of it. It's my spot. And in the end, if I want to change the website, I can. If I want to drop the website, I can. If I want to do whatever I can, you know, whatever else within my very limited skill set, I can do all of that. That's an ability I have. And I'm not judging anybody else, you know, based on the choices they've made. I've made some very practical choices, too. You know, and I still do, and I and I I have reasons for it. But I have to say that this co-op has changed my life. In the end, what I'm choosing to do online, that's an extension of myself, and it's an extension of my art, and my art helps define me as a person. And this co-op has allowed me to do that in the way that I want to. You know, if it hadn't been for this, I, I almost certainly would be on Facebook right now. You know, there's no doubt I would have gone where I thought that I had to go because I wouldn't have known that there was an option. I wouldn't have known anything else. People that listen to HPR, they are, a lot of them are capable of doing what we have done here. I think they should. Frankly, I think they should consider doing it. You know, the 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 crazy thing is, and this isn't what I, I still have this question for Deep Geek about something, but, but the first thing I want to just kind of address is that um, the international exchange process has been dismal for me, and it's the reason I have not rejoined your co-op is because the process of getting money out of New Zealand, both the New Zealand dollars and just getting it, you know, somebody to electronically transfer the thing has just been outrageously more difficult than I had expected. Well, I mean, I'm getting a little tired of the monthly billing thing. I I need to find some way of doing this on a quarterly basis. Um, you know, frankly, it's gotten so cheap now. We it, we we could drop it. <laughs> I could I could foot the bill myself. You know, but I, I don't want to because it's like I feel like you're not invested in it. No, you're not a true partnership if you don't. And it's more. It's not about needing the money as much as it's about needing the commitment. Uh, frankly, if you want to, uh, send me jaws of that morning stuff you spread on toast in New Zealand, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would consider water, you know? <laughs> can I just say, can I just That's say, a good point. New Zealand honey is the finest honey on this planet. They're, <laughs> actually, they're, actually, yeah, you're right. It actually is. It's, it's it amazing. It really is. And it's, it is one of the culinary secrets of the world, but you could travel the world over and not find honey as fine as they have in New Zealand. 
Just saying. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that, there there's options, and and frankly, if you if you want to be the 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 CTO for the web server, I'll be glad to trade you being the CTO for the email part. You know, that'd be great. But I mean, this wasn't meant to be an overture overture to seduce you to rejoin us. Um, <laughs> no, this, no. This if you recall, tra- a, a year ago, I did. I I approached you guys about rejoining, and then it, but the, it did. It literally came down to the exchange rate. So I figured I should mention it just so that people who may be considering this are aware that the money situation you know, on a global scale is not what we all I think think it is. It's like it's. It seems like it's super easy and like the internet is has bridged every gap, but the the financial thing is still a real puzzle to, well, to navigate. Lost and I do this with Bitcoin and I'm just doing the Bitcoins on my own computer and at one point I had a scare when I had I had a reinstall and I lost a, a data set that had my Bitcoins on it and I I, I got it back by rebuilding uh, Tell these. tell them how you got it back. This is this is a fabulous thing. I actually had my Bitcoin addresses still intact, but not the actual files. Uh-huh. And by, by re-downloading the blockchain, I could go forward from Bitcoin transaction number one to the present and get everything back. He, wow. sifted, he sifted the blockchain and got all of his money back. Yeah. I, 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 wow. I was... <laughs> My jaw was on the floor when I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. You know what? I mean, this is, Deep Geek, this is why you have no time for other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because you do stuff like that. Anyway, now I back up the blockchain, too. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Valid point. Um, and this, Deep Geek, this is why we approached you from the very yeah, beginning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Deep Geek, um, a, another logistical question about how how you maintained the, the the co-op while I was there, at least. And I could be misremembering here, but I feel like you were fairly not strict because you gave us pseudo apt git rights, but you had a policy, if I recall correctly, that you know we didn't install stuff that we didn't need, basically. Yeah, was, that was the yeah. policy, and 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 indeed the uh, you know my, modern web serving is is now vps based um so the attempt to to install software willy-nilly would be disastrous <laughs> um but but we all had we all had the rights to do it and i i gave you instructions on how to do it in a way that could be backed out because there'd be a, a yeah. good log file yeah um, i i did it a couple of times in the past i i actually i i did a couple of things and a couple of them might have seemed willy-nilly but i had a reason for them but yeah that it worked just fine yeah, and apt-get remove has really improved since the time I started using apt-get. Uh, it, it really is reliable at this point. It's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's just something you can do as a shell user with your shell located in another country that you can like install a tool on and get at something. And for a long time, what one of the secrets to my success with the newscast was that newscast producers in foreign countries who would not release to America would release to Iceland. And so I would download them in Iceland and get the information that way and transfer it encrypted that back to America where they didn't want to publish for whatever reason. Deep Geek, if someone was considering this, they have a, a small group of friends that they are thinking about this sort of thing themselves. Give them a really good thing to avoid. Something that you learned. 
Uh, something that I learned, a really good thing to avoid. A really good thing to avoid is having no backups for the people. You mean individual backups? No, I mean backups for the people. When I lock myself out, you get me a new password lost. <laughs> All right. When I can't get through to an upstream provider, you make the phone call. That's, that, oh, yeah. oh, I get it. Yeah, you. you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. In theory, if I couldn't talk my way to getting an upstream guy to do something for me, maybe you'd be more persuasive with that individual than me. So, yeah, I think this should be done in groups. I think that would be great. I do think all HPR people should be doing not the Facebook thing, just at, the, at, a, at a minimum. But I would say, you know, a couple of things to do and don't is don't, ha- don't try technical democracy. Have... This is your domain. This is my domain. You want me to kibitz? I kibitz. You don't? I don't. And trust that person. Do have something like a cPanel web host provider as part of it so people can easily go to a standard mass market style service for certain projects if they don't want to be using fringe software to host what you would call a mission-critical system. Do encrypt the hell out of everything. Then there's room for experimentation. On paper, the Info Underground Co-op is a certificate signer. We're not recognized by the web browsers, but we do that. We sign our own certificates with our own certificate authority. We experiment. We had, for a while, we had a, uh, not not a BitTorrent server. What's, what's the thing I'm thinking about? The encrypted server. The, the Darknet. Tor. Oh, Tor. Tor. We had a Tor server. We had an onion site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we had an onion yeah. site version of, of, yeah. of, the, of the web pages for a while. The experimentation factor is fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's also, I got I to gotta say to people, that, that also can be the part that can test your patience if you're not the person in charge of installing all this stuff. Just saying. Just yeah. Saying. I did want to ask you one thing. When we started, we did not have mail, that was not part of it. But you experimented with that. Would you consider the mail server to have been an experiment that you feel succeeded and that graduated as to be part of the regular service? Yeah, it, it was an experiment. I didn't know what to do. And there was so there were many things to, to consider because the email is by intent and design totally modular, which is why you have a separate SMT. To get back to what Klaatu was saying, you have a separate SMTP server and a separate IMAP server. And a separate mail server. It's not to make it more confusing. It's so that you can fit the functions to your needs. So, you know, right now we're running Dovecot for the IMAP, Postfix for for the email transfer, and Postfix for the SMTP server also, you know. Uh, And, yeah, it graduated. And as I learned, the situation around us went wild. I'll never forget me and my niece, my first incarnation on Facebook, me and my niece, quit Facebook one week before the Snowden revelation. You know? Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, if after after my company went bankrupt, I realized the reason you want to have a network of friends is to get rehired. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back on Facebook, you know, because that's where all the people I knew were. I'd like to hear your final thoughts about this. As the guy who is really the one behind it, you know, I'm the first to admit I'm a coattail writer on this. As the guy behind it, what do you feel you personally have gotten out of this, and why would you encourage someone else? 
what have I gotten personally out of this? I mean, you mean above and beyond the fringe services I need. Well, uh, maybe they, they are the primary thing, in which case that's what you might want to say. No, I'm uh, you know, I'm a I'm a gracefully aging cyberpunk hippie. I, I got a sense of community out of this. You know, my community is you guys in particular, which is why we have a sub show in Hacker Public Radio, why we decided to continue information underground it within the the larger framework of Hacker Public Radio. And beyond that, Hacker Public Radio is my community that I'm a member of. This is my posse. That's what I get out of this. It's an integral part of my geek lifestyle. It's my claim and my contribution to do this. And for people that maybe don't have your skill set, what do you say to them? I say if you don't want to develop the skill set, then get friends. Friends are great. And if you do want to get the skill set, free software is the way to go. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.